Kendall. I'm talking to Annie. Kendall's episode. I'm talking about the life and death of Natalie Wood. Content warnings, sexual assault, Annie's Christopher Walken impression. Which is not bad for a girl who's only seen him in Hairspray. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Tell No One Podcast or drop us a line at tellnoonepod at gmail.com. Sources are in the show notes. Everything is alleged, but this is definitely Tell No One. Okay, we're talking. Speaking of boats and marrying your same husband twice, mm-hmm. Natalie Wood. You look like Natalie Wood. One of my dad's favorite stories. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the, if I tell him we covered this, he'll finally listen. Um, I don't know if he can. <laughs> so Natalie was born Natalia to Russian immigrant parents in San Francisco in 1938. Natalia Wodowski. Zakharenko. Okay. She grew up in poverty and had a complex family situation. So for those who don't know, she is an actress. <laughs> she was adored by her parents. Um, her father, Nick, worked hard to provide for his family, but he struggled during and after the Great Depression, as well as, you know, there was tons of anti-immigrant discrimination. And the family ended up changing their last name to Gurdine to sound less Russian. Oh, my God. Um, he also suffered with alcoholism. They sound like a canned fish. I know it's not like pretty. <laughs> he his bouts of drunkenness were marked with violence, um, and people suspected he had some trauma from back in Russia, the homeland, Mother Russia, seeing his grandfather quote buried alive during the revolution. Oh no! Yeah, not buried alive. Yeah, or like shot in front of him, something similar. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love the Russian Revolution. I know. Maybe. Oh my god. I absolutely amazing jewels sewed into our dresses yeah (laughs) yeah so her mother maria was very spiritual and like kind of like wee woo wee woo so just know that she was described as a pathological liar by her youngest daughter lana natalie's sister um one could never be 100 percent sure that what came out of her dramatic superstitious mouth was the truth yes so she famously saw like a fortune teller when um natalie was a child and told the fortune teller told her that her second child would be quote known throughout the world but to be aware of dark water kendall i have chills yeah so that led maria to specifically obsess over natalie yeah natalie was highly influenced to fear water by her mother Wow, um, this is really a self-fulfilling thing. Yeah, like she talked about it all the time. Like her mom was very superstitious. She would say like, don't walk on the left side of the street when the sun's shining or you'll be struck down. Like she was very like, woo. Yeah, Olga, I really have like chills. I know. Olga, Natalie's older sister, explained, quote, my mother was afraid of swimming. She was told that she'd drown. So this communicated itself to Natalie. Um. So Natalie couldn't swim? Natalie could not squ- swim. I'm wondering like, yeah, if you hear that your daughter should fear water, swimming lessons, swimming lessons, right? right. I have her at the Y before you before dinner, right? But then there's this whole thing of like, so I watched this documentary that was produced by one of Natalie's daughters mm-hmm. and Robert Wagner. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, and they just and her daughter talks about how isn't everyone scared of dark water? Like, aren't we all? So I don't know. We'll get into it. I'll tell you what though, like. If I couldn't swim, I'd be more scared. Right, right. (laughs) So Natalie 
gets pushed into acting when she's very, very young. Gets pushed to the pool. She don't know. (laughs) (laughs) According to the biography of Natalie Wood, Olga, her sister, denies their mother's claims that young Natalie was the one who first expressed interest in acting. Natalie tells a story in a few interviews that she was like, kind of like spotted while like walking through a set in Santa Rosa. Mm. And well, her mom was like, go walk up to that nice man and sing him a song. And then like, she got a part like in a scene. And then like a year later, that guy had remembered her and called and was like, come out for an audition. And her family moved to LA to like push her into this. Okay. Got it. Yeah. By the way, if a child came up to me and was like, Can I sing to you? Like, oh, I know. Her mom's there, like, Do it, Natalie. Olga says, Four year old Natasha, she was called Natasha. It's a nickname for Natalie, apparently. Um, Four year old Natasha was a natural when she performed, but she was not movie struck. Maria was the one stalking movie crews and seeking parts for herself and Natasha. Natasha just went along. So Maria's obsession with making her second daughter a star would lead to some harsh shit was natalie very beautiful oh my like, god i mean like as a child yeah yeah not like brooke shields i don't think but like yeah yeah okay. so according to bbc natalie's mother once prepped her for a crying scene by ripping the wings off a butterfly in front of her <gasps> what the fuck kind of fucking weird oh shit what? Uh, <laughs> yeah um maria would also bring up the family's dead dog or tell other harsh stories about animal cruelty in order to get her daughter emotionally distraught for a scene. Which is interesting because my mom did the same thing when she was shopping me to, for the studios. She did. <laughs> she, well, I remember being like, how am I going to cry? And she's like, I'll tell you Daisy's dead. What the fuck, mom? Yes. So her mother, who was also referred to as a social climber, quickly recognized Natalie's beauty and pushed her into the movie stuff. Um, she ended up changing her name or RKO ended up changing her name kind of like up in the wood to Natalie Wood. They had a random name generator. Oh, yeah, basically. Um, and she made her movie debut when she was six years old. Debut. Debut. <laughs> <laughs> um, she starred in a movie with Orson Welles when she was eight and she became internationally acclaimed when she was nine <laughs> for her work in the movie Miracle on 34th Street. It could have been you, Kendall. <laughs> You could have been a contender. Oh, my God. You should have seen my headshots. Um, Her father ended up having a series of heart attacks when she was very young and couldn't work for a a significant period of time. Great. So she she became the family's sole breadwinner. And she said she would have nightmares about the family starving if she didn't act. Oh, honey. Yeah. Someone interviewed in the documentary tells a story about how she came out of an audition when she was like a child with her mom and her mom didn't think it went well and said, well, that wasn't very good, was it? No new shoes for your sister. (gasps) Wow. But she got the part and her sister got her fucking shoes. Okay, bitch, here are your fucking penny loafers. Yeah. So her mom basically ignored all the other sisters and just promoted um natalie's career and controlled her life that is the attention you don't need off your mama right my my income like yeah am i on the clock mom yeah poor thing got a clock in so in 1955 she's up for the role of judy in rebel without a cause she says that she wants to be in it because it's like she said up until this point she was just doing whatever movies she her parents signed her up for and now she's like 15 i think and is like, I can choose. Like, I actually choose, like, the kind of art I want to make. And her yeah. parents didn't want her to be in it because it, like, shed parents in a bad light. Yeah. But she ends up doing it. Um, she films alongside James Dean. And her performance would earn her her first Oscar nomination. 
and mark a, a shift in her career from being a child star to like a teen star. Yeah. And these are like one of the, the first people who like we've watched her grow up on screen. Like we remember her when she was a little kid. Like now she's a teen. Remember Shirley Temple? Yeah. So she didn't become an adult, right? <laughs> no, I think she became like an 80 year old woman, which is really funny, which is like fucking funny. Okay, cool. Okay. So this is, this is how she gets the, the part. Well, no, this is, what? this is like, I don't want to say this is how she gets the part, but this is uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> so she was um, 16 when she auditioned for the 42-year-old director of the film, Nicholas Ray. Ray and the underage Natalie became involved in a, quote, sexual liaison, as described by her biographer, Suzanne Finstad. But even with the illegal affair, it seemed that Natalie was still not promised the part of Judy. In a later interview, Natalie described how she tried to convince Ray to give her the role, after she got involved in a car crash. When Ray came to see her at the hospital, she said the doctor called her a goddamn juvenile delinquent. And she yelled, did you hear what he called me? He called me a juvenile delinquent. Now do I get the part? Ew. Her friend from high school said that like she asked her about it and was like, he's like really old, Natalie. Yeah. (laughs) And she was like, you know, I like older men. Like I'm in like in love with him. And she was like, no, he's like really no, old. Like old, old. Yeah. Like, she's not like, like well, 28. Like yeah. Old. <laughs> no, he's like really grown. <laughs> so in 2003, George Jacobs, Frank Sinatra's personal valet <laughs> for nearly two decades, released a memoir called Mr. S, My Life with Frank Sinatra. In the book, he describes Sinatra's affair with Natalie Wood, who was 15 or 16 when they first got involved which was kept secret because she was underage. Oh, God. Wait for this. (laughs) Apparently, the singer had taken a liking to her when he first saw her as the nine-year-old actress in Miracle on 34th Street. Kendall. Kendall. But But it wasn't until Wood was in her teens that her mother took her to Sinatra's apartment. Her mother took her. Uh Uh-huh. Maria. Uh Fucking get it together, bitch. According to Jacobs, the, quote, insanely ambitious Russian mother had pushed her on Frank, who needed no pushing himself. Oh, my God, Kendall. She had her kid all dolled up, total jailbait, in a form-fitting black party dress, and Mr. S went for it in a big way. Yeah. Jail for everybody. Yeah. Everyone here is going to jail. Yeah. Nat- Natalie's going to high school. Everyone else is going to jail. I know. She should Natalie's be. Natalie's getting back to school to catch fifth period. Uh, while Jacobs never explicitly described what happened when they met, he does allude to a relationship. Frank Sinatra was 40 years old at the time. Oy vey. He began playing Natalie his music and offering career advice. Later, Natalie began coming over without her mom for singing lessons. Yes. Here's another fucking horrible thing. <laughs> so the biographer, Suzanne Finstad, is a source for a lot of this. Um, she reveals an incident that happened when Natalie was 16. She was called up to a hotel suite at Chateau Marmont to read for a part for her childhood idol, unnamed actor. Mm. She was then brutally assaulted by a, quote, powerful married movie star more than 20 years older than her. Threatened and traumatized, she never reported it telling only a handful of friends. The details of the event differ depending on who the author interviewed, but, quote, the essence of what each recalls Natalie confiding to them is the same, that the same married film star lured or tricked Natalie, raped her so brutally she was physically injured, and she was too frightened or intimidated to report it to the police. 
Wood would forever despise her rapist. The attack remained a secret. She hated her former screen idol afterward, shuddering if she heard his name. She would keep the horrible secret and behave as if nothing happened whenever their paths crossed, too schooled by her mother in the politics of Hollywood to cross a powerful movie star. That is tummy turning. We're going to get to it. So her sister... I know. I well, we know who. Lana, her sister, ended up writing a book and going on a podcast in 2018, um, confirming the attack, adding the detail that it occurred at the Chateau Marmont Hotel, and that Natalie alluded to the fact that something bad had happened, and in a way blamed mom for being too eager for Natalie to get roles. Yeah, your mom is like throwing you in rooms with old men. Yeah, and going like, "Have at her." Yeah. What the fuck? While the perpetrator was never explicitly named until. Um, Lana's book, rumors heavily implicate Kirk Douglas. Wow. To the point that when uh, that Natalie Wood trended on Twitter when the actor passed away in 2020. Um, Michael Douglas's dad. Yeah. Catherine, <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones' father-in-law. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel pretty ill that every man she encounters takes advantage of her or outright like assaults her. Yeah, and her mom's like... And her mom is like, work, bitch! Yeah. Yeah. It's just wild that there's nobody protecting her, huh? Oh, no. Poor thing. Okay. Okay. So she's 18 in 1956. And she is set up on a date on her birthday, her 18th birthday. With an age-appropriate man. With 26-year-old yeah. actor Robert Wagner. Oh. They become engaged pretty quickly, and they are married a year later. Okay. I'm fine with that so far. I hate that, like, you have to adjust for the era. So at, the, at that time, yeah, that's like pretty normal. you're like, great. Right. So they're married in, I think, 57. And their marriage is, like, all right. Um, She starts filming Splendor in the Grass with Warren Beatty. And there are some rumors that she had been having an affair with him. Mm. Uh, And that is what led to their divorce. But that is proved to be untrue. I don't think Robert Wagner is handsome. No, I don't either. Okay. Okay. Yes. So her biographer found that it was actually Natalie Wood who was cheated on. She caught her husband having sex with his longtime butler. No. <laughs> Not the butler. Yeah, male butler. The butler in the den with your husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa. Okay, 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 okay. So he's... He's bisexual, allegedly. Okay. Um, Wood wrote she was writing a memoir um, that never got published. But she wrote, quote, it is too painful for me to recall in print the incident that led to the final breakup. It was more than a final straw. It was reality crushing the fragile web of romantic fantasies with sledgehammer force. Oof. Oy, oy, oy. Yeah. So following this marriage, she ended up dating Warren Beatty. Okay. Michael Caine and some guy named D- David Niven Jr. She also had an engagement with a Venezuelan shoe manufacturer <laughs> who was actually called the Shoe King of Venezuela. Cool. And at this point, she's kind of going through it. Here's an excerpt of her writing. For the first time in my life, I considered in horror that I might join the sad parade of famous movie ladies who wind up desperately lonely with nothing more substantial to sustain them than their scrapbooks and old photos and memories of romances and divorces. My ex-husband's first child had just been born. I cried when I heard the news. It wasn't only from the sense of loss for something we never shared. It was also happiness for him. Oh, my God, honey. <laughs> yeah. So Robert Wagner, while after they broke up the first time, went and married another woman um, and had a daughter with her. I know, but do we think he even... I don't know. Okay. 
So she's filming some movies, dating around. And while filming a movie, she actually swallows a lot of barbiturates. And after swallowing the pills, she alerts her secretary and is able to be saved. Um, and Why people, she do that? People don't know if it's like a suicide attempt or like a cry for help. But it yeah. was an intentional overdose either way. Yeah. So in May 1969, she married a British producer named Richard Gregson after dating for about three years. And they had a daughter named Natasha Gregson. And she... um. Natasha is the one who makes this documentary, and she's uh, kind of a nutty buddy. <laughs> Natalie and Richard Gregson have their one daughter, Natasha. A few years later, they file for divorce because Richard Gregson ends up having an affair with Natalie's longtime secretary. Oh my god, you saved my life last year, and yeah. now you're fucking it up? Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. And you know I'm delicate. Yeah. You pumped my tummy. I know, I know. Wow. So after a short-lived romance with future governor of California, Jerry Brown. I think it was the Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no, that would be close. <laughs> um, she ended up resuming a relationship with Robert Wagner at the end of 1972. The end of January 1972. They remarried on July 16th aboard the Rambling Rose yacht. And he came w- into the marriage with his daughter from a previous marriage. She came in with Natasha from a previous marriage. And together they had a daughter named Courtney okay. in 1974. And in this documentary they're painting it's like a very like mia farrow type of like the kids around running around like there's animals like fun stuff and natasha tells about their nanny that they had called like willie may and they're like willie may was part of the family she lived with us until she died at age of 90 oh my god you let her go (laughs) what the literal fuck Like you had a governess, yeah. <laughs> Willie May died, died in your house in at ninety. Arms at ninety. What did you guys do? Holy shit! Yeah, and they like think it's charming. Well, I don't think it's charming. She's fucking exhausted. Mm-hmm. Now this is kind of just like they're living their life in the seventies. She's appearing in some like not groundbreaking films and TV movies. Sure. And She's Robert Caftan at home. Right. And Robert Wagner is in um, a television show called Heart to Heart. And he's getting, he's kind of having a career resurgence at this time. Okay. And she's, you know, nearing her 40s almost and is not. But she's perfectly happy to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, in 19... 1980- yeah, she got the man she wanted. Right. Oh. <laughs> in 1981, she began working on a thriller called Brainstorm. And allegedly, it depends who you ask, there's so many different sides of this fucking story. She became enthralled with her co-star, Mr. Christopher Walken. Yeah, I do feel that like, what is it? Every story, there's your Yours, story, my story, and, and the Christopher truth. Walken oh. story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but interestingly, this fucking documentary is pushing a agenda. They have the director like of Brainstorm on there saying that there was a sex scene between Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood. And he's like, their physical chemistry was so bad that there's no way they were having an affair. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, maybe okay. they were like really trying to not have chemistry. Right. But then also in Robert Wagner's autobiography, he says it, at the very least they were having an emotional affair. But if you ask him about it now, he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What the hell, everyone? It's so weird. What does Christopher Walken say? He's only ever talked about it once in the 90s, and he says it's an accident. We'll get to it. Do you have a Walken impression? <laughs> no. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, do I? It's so hard. You know. <laughs> <laughs> do it again. <laughs> 
Wow. He is in this room. He's in this condo tonight. Okay. Okay. Despite the rumors that they were having an affair. I'm like thrilled. With the <laughs> I want to hear it again. <laughs> you can hear it. It's on a loop. I'll hear it. Yeah, I'll hear it for the rest of my life. I am beaming. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So after Thanksgiving 1981, Natalie and Robert Wagner are planning one of their frequent boat trips to Catalina Island on their yacht, The Splendor. Don't do it. Um, according to several interviews for this documentary, the actress invited many friends to join them on the trip, but most of them said no because it was like raining all weekend. And they were like, whatever. The only f- <laughs> sorry motherfucker to say yes <laughs> is Christopher Walken, who is in town for the film. He doesn't live in L.A. It's Thanksgiving weekend. You know, hang out yeah, with these people. Do? Yeah. So it's Natalie, Robert, Christopher Walken, <laughs> and Dennis Davern, the captain of the yacht. Mm-hmm. They leave on Friday. Um, from the jump, Robert and Natalie are fighting Mm -hmm. and it's kind of making everyone uncomfortable. And there's so many different fucking stories about it. And some people say like, they don't know why they were fighting. Some people say it's because she was openly flirting with Christopher Walken. Do you think that at the time Robert already suspected the two of them? Yeah, but that people are also saying the two of them was never a thing. I guess so. But like, why would he, if, if he, if he would go on to be suspected for killing her, yeah. why would he acknowledge motive if it weren't true? Right. Like, why would he be the one circulating that story if it weren't true? Right. Because there's a witness saying that they were fighting. Fuck, all right. Okay. So they're fighting. And the weather's bad. One more thing on that. Why would she invite the man she's having an affair with to have right. a weekend away with her and her husband? Right okay just that's why i think she's just being not like i don't know the truth either like it could just like she's being nice because it's thanksgiving weekend and he's like in town alone yeah i don't know or she could be like i couldn't bear to be away from him i don't think it's that (laughs) i don't don't know i don't either i don't either but so the weather's bad and they're fighting and she's like fuck this me and dennis are gonna go on shore and stay in a hotel Mm -hmm. so they do not in like a sexual way but they do what you mean her and christopher no her and dennis No, I said Dennis. Which makes me think, Robert and Chris, are you guys having an affair? I'll You've been known to do that. Keep my eye on that. Anyway, so they do that. Saturday comes. They all go back to the boat. They hang out all day. They enjoy a champagne-filled dinner at the only restaurant on Catalina Island before reboarding the yacht for the evening. Don Whiting, the night manager of the restaurant, said he was worried that all four of them were too intoxicated to make it back to the boat safely in their dinghy after the meal. And even went so far to ask the Harbor Patrol to make sure the group made it safely back to their yacht when they left the restaurant at 1030. Wow. Do yeah. you think that that is sort of, um, these are famous people. I can't really tell them no. Yeah. But um, this isn't safe. And But it's like morally, I have to, like, it's like yeah, someone like, leaving to drive. You're like, uh-uh. Kind of a, or like an Elia thing. Yeah. Where people who know better are like, you shouldn't. This isn't safe to do. Yeah. But if person a person with like star power is like, like I want to do it, that you tend to just be like, fine. fine. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I got to at least tell somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So they get back to the boat. And even in the documentary that's trying to like paint him in a really good light, Robert Wagner describes that he does have a fight with Walken. Like they're talking about Natalie, like whether she should be like a stay at home mom or if she should continue acting. And Christopher Walken allegedly is saying, you know, like she's a great actress. She needs to be working. And Robert Wagner is saying like, you can fuck off. Like, I don't she's care. A great mom. Or like, I don't care what you have to like, you have no say in her life. Like, yeah. leave it alone. Yeah. But Christopher Walken seems like a good guy. To me. I know. I think he might be married at this time. Okay. So noted. Yeah. He says, I think it's important that you stay out of her life and then smashes a wine bottle on the table. He admits to that. Now he admits to that. Okay. 
at around 11.05 p.m., he says that he's, like, cooled down, and now he's going um, to his, like, bedroom, and Natalie's not there. And he begins looking for her, and around this time, they also realize that the boat's dinghy is gone. And he just goes to Chris and um, Dennis and is like, she took the dinghy, like, she ran away. At 1.30 a.m., a ship-to-shore call was made, and then two hours later, at 3.30 a.m., the Coast Guard was finally called. This is the weird timeline that people freak out about. Yeah, I'm not sure if I believe any of that. Right. Do you think that she actually did leave in a dinghy? Marty Ruley, a co-author of a book, says there are many, many things that should be examined, but mainly the four-hour wait to call for the Coast Guard. Yeah, I think if my intoxicated wife were disappeared, yeah. even if I thought she's taken the boat, right. I'd be like, that is not, she's not safe out there. Like, go right. get her. right. Okay, so they're looking, they contact them at 3.30, and about five hours later at 8 a.m., her body was found about a mile south of the couple's yacht, off an isolated cove known as Blue Cavern Point. Mm. Okay. So, here's the thing. (laughs) They performed the autopsy, and her blood alcohol level was 0.14, which is like double the legal limit. Mm. She has several bruises on her arms, legs, and face, believed to be consistent with a fall overboard while trying to board the dinghy, and the coroner ruled the death an accident what everyone on the boat story is is that she either tried to leave and fell out of the dinghy trying to get on it or she was known to like try to retie the dinghy tighter to the boat because it would hit the side of the boat and make a lot of noise so she either got in the dinghy to go on to land mm-hmm. and somewhere within that journey fell out fell of the out. fucking dinghy yeah or she knelt down to retie the dinghy mm-hmm. and fell in. Mm-hmm. And when none of you fuckers have noticed, if she were like screaming in the water right by right. you. Right. That's the thing. Wouldn't she be screaming? She's not unconscious drunk. Right. She's just like uncoordinated drunk. Right. And that's the thing is she's wearing like pajamas. She has no shoes on. She's not trying to go anywhere. Yeah. And if she fell in, you fuckers would have heard her. Yeah. So that's what Christopher Walken ends up telling people. I mean, she they all in. tell people that. But he, when he asked about it like 10 years, 15 years later, he says, I think she was trying to retie the thing and fell in and hit her head and fell in. And in Robert Wagner's autobiography, he writes that almost as like fact. Like that's pretty much my accepted story of what happened is that she tried to tie that thing up, bonked her head, mm-hmm. fell in. What do you think happened? I don't know. You think that I killed her? Do you think Robert killed her? I, yeah, I don't know. I think he might have accidentally killed her. Yeah. Like got mad at her. I think like maybe like knocked her out. She had a gash on her head. Is that the whole thing? Yeah. She did have several bruises on her arms, legs, but originally, but the medical examiner says it's like surface stuff. It's not like would kill her. Yeah. I'm wondering like the cause of death was drowning. Right. The only thing that I could think of why she would tumble into the water and nobody would be there to help her or right. hear her yeah. would be if she literally hit her head and went unconscious yeah but that would be visible you'd know that from an autopsy if she had a concussion or something right you can't just make that up that she hit her head hard enough to knock her out right but like no coroner has ever said that to you right that is illogical right so another weird thing about this is that like pretty much immediately robert wagner and christopher walken fly home and Dennis Davern is there to identify the body. What? Yeah. So you're having the captain of the boat who, mm-hmm. what, knew her for a day? Or- well, no, they were, like, good friends. It's okay, weird because, like... friend, her husband's gonna leave her body on Catalina Island yeah. and fucking I gotta go? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he was, like, we have children I have to get home to? Probably. I mean, I don't know. But, like, I don't see myself leaving my partner's body to be identified by a friend of ours. Right. 
Right. You know what I mean? Right. So daughter Natasha Gregson Wagner, she adds Wagner to her name. So this fucking lady, (laughs) she, Robert Wagner's her stepdad Mm -hmm. and Richard Gregson's her dad, dad. And she calls them to this day in this documentary, daddy Gregson and daddy Wagner. Oh my God. And like people around her do like when they're like, when I first met your daddy Wagner, it's so crazy. Ew, Kendall. Yeah. <laughs> so she says she was... Did al- she go to boarding school or something? She's just telling she doesn't know them. Daddy Wagner. She like calls Daddy him Daddy War- Wagner <laughs> to his face, like in this documentary. What? Yeah. It was funny. Why the last name? Daddy Wagner. Why, Daddy- why not Daddy Robert and... Daddy Richard. Yeah. Like Aunt Jill. Uncle Johnny. <laughs> hey You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um... <laughs> so she was 11 at the time and she said she's spent <laughs> sad what if you called everyone your mom's boyfriend daddy daddy something sometimes i make a joke like that i'm like he's my worst daddy yet <laughs> <laughs> sorry okay. mom okay whatever <laughs> natasha was 11 at the time of her mother's death she describes it as having spent the night at her friend's house and that she was awoken by the clock radio airing a news report saying that her mom's body had been found off the coast of Catalina. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. One time. We have something similar. <laughs> <laughs> One time my mom was sick and couldn't get me up for school in the morning. Yeah. So I set an alarm clock. Like she knew before, like I can't do it tomorrow, babe. Yeah. Dad will have to take you to school. Yeah. And Steve like, had never, never met me. <laughs> so, Daddy Deloach. <laughs> so I set the alarm clock myself. Yeah. I didn't realize that it would it wouldn't just like make a noise. It go would to the be, radio. It would go to the radio, and I awoke to my father shaking me awake, like kind of violently, <laughs> and like two random men's voices <laughs> booming through the radio, and I started crying. And my mom like came in with like, "You fucking idiot." <laughs> oh my god i thought it was gonna be like september 11th (laughs) oh my god okay similar so daddy wagner's driver and her nanny their indentured servant nanny came to pick her up um she got home this is sad she got home and got into her mom's bed okay courtney wagner um was seven when natalie died and she kind of is like, I don't have a lot of memories from her. She's like, I just see pictures of like this famous woman. It's like a mythical creature. And she's like, that's my mom. Like, how can that be my mom? Yeah. She said that she walks around with like a whisper in her, her ear. That's like, that's Natalie Wood's daughter. Mm. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Um. She said once she died, the party was over. Um. Damn. I know. Well, what became of them? So I'll tell you. So this is kind of interesting. In the 90s. Dennis, good old Dennis, starts calling up Lana in the middle of the night, drunk, saying, I lied to the police, man. (laughs) Yeah. I've been lying for years, man. Yeah, saying um, they were fighting all night, and I'm pretty sure something happened. We think he killed her. And he came to me and told me to tell them this story, and I've been keeping it with me ever since okay why do you think that they would agree to that Ugh. men's ties run so deep like I they know. love each other i know but why would christopher walken agree to it too why would i mean 
Maybe he doesn't actually know. Dennis is Robert's friend. Right. Honestly. Right. If the two of them came to Christopher and were like, here's what happened. Mm-hmm. We both have the same story. Yeah. Maybe he would be like, okay. Right. Sad story. Yeah. Like I was in hiding away because this was so fucking awkward. Yeah. Like I was in bed. Yeah. Like, I had to get away from you. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Damn, Dennis. You got to tell the truth, brother. So Lana is like trying to avenge her sister's death. Yeah. And she never liked Robert Wagner. And she asked Natalie, you know, like after they divorced and then we're about to get married again. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? And Natalie reportedly said, sometimes the devil, you know, is better than the devil that you don't. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. She does sound like someone who was really like paralyzed by the fear of being alone. Mm -hmm. The devil, you know, I don't want to describe my partner like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. After Natalie's death, Robert wanted nothing to do with Lana, so much so that she says he blacklisted her from the entertainment industry, making it impossible for her to work even behind the scenes. Funny that she took her Mm -hmm. sister's stage name. It's like Charlie Sheen. It is like Charlie Sheen, huh? Yeah. The daughters grow up with robert wagner um he's basically their dad he remarries another woman and i think they have like it's a big blended family and they like live together forever and she's like this is my daddy wagner she's like i pretty much never saw daddy to gregson again yeah what the fuck is daddy Greg? he's in british <laughs> <laughs> he's british he's in british for sure um, he was interviewed in the documentary he's in wales right now and he unfortunately has um a disease i don't remember i wonder um courtney sorry courtney wagner suffered from addiction for quite a while but the family rallied around and now they're like a bigger and better family and they they, it was like a love story between natasha wagner and daddy wagner in this documentary she's like asked him like his versions of events and she's like i it really breaks my heart that anyone would ever suggest you would ever do anything to hurt mommy mommy natalie but (laughs) all i'm saying is in this documentary he didn't cry one tear right you know what the children are reminding me of yeah you know in the staircase how a few of those kids it's almost like you need to have a parent that you can trust and believe in yeah so even if your parent is shady and might have killed the other yeah something in your brain makes you overlook i mean it's way better to have just one be dead than to have like one be dead and one be the killer yeah yeah like children need to children need something to believe in yeah it's just sad yeah Uh, let me think if i forgot anything (laughs) oh i did big time (laughs) so after this happened in 81 flashed november 2011 30 years later the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department reopened the investigation after receiving additional information from fucking Dennis. He's running around telling people that he lied originally uh-huh. and they're they're finally listening. Um, also in November 2011, an interview with the Today Show, Deverne uh-huh. said he lied about Wood's death when he was originally questioned and he claimed that Wagner was actually responsible for the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he is not only saying Robert told me to lie, he's saying he, he did it. killed her. Yeah. Why the fuck would he cover that up for? But people are also very suspicious. They're like, why are you coming out now? Like, are you trying to get attention? But he's not even in like the industry. Right. I could understand in old age being like, I can't die with this on my heart. Right. Allegedly in the 80s and 90s, Robert Wagner got him some acting roles though. Okay. So. What it dried up and now he's like. I don't know. But that's like another reason he would have hit it. Oh, yeah, I guess so. But I really believe him. Yeah. Believe Dennis. 
believe Dennis. Um, January 2013, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department officially changed her cause of death from accidental drowning to drowning and other undetermined factors. This change came after investigators determined that some of the bruises on her body during the initial autopsy may have been sustained before she drowned. Yeah, I mean, like, even... You said she had bruises kind of all over. Yeah. What are you bonk... I get, like, hitting your knee on the boat when you fall over. Right. But are you, like, hitting your shoulder and your knee... Are you, like... You're not tumbling down a hill... Right. ...to fall out of the boat. But they're saying that she sustained these before she drowned, which makes me... I'm like, I didn't know you could bruise post-mortem. Like, did she get them after she died no but she's they're saying that she got them before but that but that means they thought before she got them after and now they've changed their mind oh i get you yeah well i think before they thought that she got them and the moment she fell fell out yeah and they formed almost immediately right and this is like she's been roughed up before she hit the water yeah right yeah i just don't understand how you would have bruising kind of in a few different areas from one kind of quick fall into the water yeah right i don't know in february 2018 robert wagner was officially named as a person of interest in her death for the first time wow um nothing has happened since then um people are just saying you know the person of interest is not suspect and like of course he's a person of interest like there's only four people on the boat um well the other boys aren't exact so um i think he probably like knocked her unconscious and threw her off the boat i don't think he was like drown bitch drown no but i definitely think that they were in a fight and he like maybe shoved her and she fell yeah and he was like au revoir right or she tried to i don't think she'd try to go back on shore though without shoes i don't think she was trying to leave no well to be honest i could only see her leaving with no shoes and no belongings she's being chased if she's being chased and like is so afraid for her life already. She's like trying to literally escape him on the boat. That's a good point. Which is already like, okay, jail. Right. Right. Or she slipped and fell and he, and he was like, bye, and bye, he didn't bye. call anyone. Uh huh. Well, fucking either way, the, the gap in time where they weren't calling any, yeah. anyone for help is like, what? Yeah. W- was the dinghy gone too? Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, she's gone. Fuck her. I'm not going to call and tell anybody. But how long are that? How long am I supposed to believe that they were not checking on her? Because like, right. The dinghy is not being taken anywhere. It is like free form floating. Right. Is it gone beyond the eye in a moment? Right. You're not going to see it floating away. And also, where are you? How big is the boat? If you genuinely thought she left to go spend the night on shore, why would you call it 3 a.m. then at all? incredible yeah like you that, would wait till the morning incredible choice until you like docked and are like where is she well if you legitimately think that she's safe on land right you wouldn't chase after her and yeah. call anybody 11 p.m to 3 a.m there's no difference she's still on shore right if you think she's on shore yeah, right yeah yeah Mm-mm. so that whittles it down for me is either she accidentally fell and they didn't care or he put her in there i agree i think that either way he was like i want her gone or he was like, I'm mad enough at her that, yeah. that bye, bitch. Oh, so sad. Sad life. Yeah, sad life. Um, and the daughters are sad that the, um, the safe to say was right. brainwashed. Oh my god! And apparently, her mother was like obviously hysterical after her death. And the <laughs> Natasha Wagner does not hold back in saying that her grandmother is a piece of sh- or was a piece of shit. Well, that can be true. Yeah, and is like it couldn't be around her because she would just start fainting all the time <laughs> out, out of like grief. Yeah. <laughs> 
She's yeah. like, it was really weird for us kids. We're like, get it together. Yeah. Be strong for me for a moment. Yeah. She's like, we didn't feel safe with Grandma Marie is all I'm saying. <laughs> and you weren't, girlies. It would be very... She'd sell you to the highest bidder. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be very... I w- My parts of my body would shoot into different corners of the room if I had... Mm. If I had... If I had gotten a prophecy yeah. about my child that ultimately came true. Yeah. Like I had a, a really frightening warning... Didn't your mom have a really frightening warning? My mother had a warning that she would have two children and only one would make it to adulthood. You guys are past it. Sometimes they're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anything you want to say to me? Yeah. Well, to the people. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Fuck me, right? (laughs) (laughs) Feel free to absorb this information and even feel free to share it. Mm -hmm. But as for where you heard it, tell no one. Bye. Bye. Bye.